Hey everyone, Mad Mag here and recording a new episode of Mad Mag's Curios Emporium from a new audio setup. So let me know if you can notice any difference and if there is a difference, do you like it? Do you not? Is this working? Is it not? I hope it is. I keep tweaking and tweaking, just trying to find little ways to improve the overall audio quality. Um, and this is a little additional housekeeping up front. So let me know about the audio. Another thing is talk to me about episode lengths. I put a poll up on the Facebook page. So please go to Mad Mag's Curios Emporium on Facebook and let me know what the listener preference is in terms of episode length. Do I have more people interested in 30-minute episodes or do I have more people that are interested in those longer, like an hour or more episodes? I personally am someone who likes to press play on a podcast and then listen to those people talk for an hour, two hours, three hours. It's fine. I am thrilled to get to do that. But I realize that my preference is not everybody's preference. And as this show continues, I have more and more topics that I'm going to want to do right by and do some real deep dives. In order to do those deep dives, I'm either going to need to plan ahead to break the episodes up into different parts, part one through five, or I just need to be sure to have like water on hand and everything and set my equipment up to do an hour and a half or however long is necessary in order to fully explore particular topics. I just want to do right by some of these subject matters because that's witchcraft is really fun and there are so many things to talk about and when we do get into these discussions I want to make sure to make keep it robust keep it very very full of like facts and details and I just I don't want to skim the surface too much on upcoming episodes so please let me know if you have a specific amount of time in mind that is between the 30 minutes and the over an hour mark. I mean, you can include that in the comments. In fact, please vote on the poll and then hit me up in the comments and give me specifics. I love listener feedback. Don't be shy. I mean, but if you are still comfortable just emailing me, that is also fine. I do not mind one bit, but just Take a moment when you have a chance, let me know what your preference is in terms of episode length. Likewise, episode topics. I have really enjoyed getting some recommendations. I've got episodes um, already ready to be recorded, and I'm going to be doing that. But continue to let me know what you would like to either learn about or just get a new perspective on. I enjoy discussing that as well. Additional housekeeping. Still working out a logo. And I think the reason I bring this up is because um, I want you to feel confident doing this for yourself if you're ever interested in doing a podcast. There are a lot of details you don't really think about until you're kind of getting into it, but that's okay. I don't have a logo. I haven't ever had an actual logo, like just some pictures I would throw up and be like, well, this is, this works as a placeholder and that's been fine. And I could just keep doing that and keep having this podcast. So I do want to encourage you, like, don't think, oh man, I can't start a podcast until I have this and this and this. Let it happen organically. Feel out what is right for you. But I think I'm narrowing down. I really like the look for the podcast logo of the microphone with the nice, like mystical wispiness and the title Mad Max Curios Emporium up top. So 
Let me know if you feel the same way, or if you don't care, that's also fine. I can't tell you how often I'm really not concerned with the look of the podcast logo. Like, I don't even particularly pay attention. They all blur together. I only like it because of the association I create with the picture being associated with people I enjoy listening to. And if that's the case for my listeners, great, no problem. I'm glad you enjoy listening to me. Working on ordering business cards because a lesson I got while doing that um, series of readings at GlitchCon, people were asking for a business card, which I did not have. And I knew I was going into it, not having it and ready just to tear off pieces of paper and provide info and a Facebook page which I did not have. I've got the Facebook page. I'm almost done with the business cards. They're going to be really simple. I am trying to get out of my own way, which is super important. It's really easy to get in your own head and get in your own way when you are trying to do this stuff. It can be very simple. I keep encouraging, like, I'm able to do this. You are able to do this. If this is something you decide you want to do, give it a shot you know, creation is so vital and we are desperately lacking. There are so many great ideas out there, but we need to feel comfortable adding our voice and adding our thoughts as long as you are not a terrible person. I feel like I have to add that. Just, you know, if you're a terrible terrible person, like just nobody wants to hear from you. How did you find me? Take my advice and stop being awful. And I think that covers all of housekeeping. Oh, one more thing. I am so excited to get to do readings at Terra Studios for their annual fall music and arts festival. I can't wait. This is their big annual drive that helps generate the income necessary to be able to do like the grounds upkeep, um, maintain like the art installations. And I am so excited to get to do my part. So remember, it's Terra Studios. Pre-sale tickets are now available for $10 or you can buy the day of and they will be $15 at the gate. That is all going back into that. All those are considered donations going back into Terra Studios. And likewise, I will be doing readings for donations And all of the donations I receive for those readings are going back to Terra Studios. I'm really excited and I really hope I get to see you there. So yesterday I got to spend some time at the Four of Wands in Fayetteville and it was fantastic because it literally is always fantastic, but I had a very specific reason for going. I know that you have probably heard me mention the Sacred Cocoon, Um, and their podcast, which again, go and listen. If you've heard me plug it, then you already know what I'm about to say. But for those of you who are hearing me for the first time, The Sacred Cocoon, they have a podcast, they have an Etsy site, they have a Facebook page, they do art, they do different energy work, they do readings. Check them out. Amazing individual. And she has designed two of her own Oracle decks. And there's one I have been circling, circling. And yesterday, no, yesterday's when I went. So the day before, (laughs) 
I don't know my days of the week. And that's fine. That's fine. All I know is there's a full moon tonight. So I know all I need to know as a witch. I messaged her because I wanted to get my hands on her Divine Portal Oracle deck. And guess what? One was still available at the shop. So having received that information, I got everything sorted so that the following day, which was yesterday, I would be able to jet up there and get my hands on the deck. And sure enough, last deck, got it. Charlotte has an amazing eye for those complementary colors and designs. It's amazing. I, so for those of you who do any kind of card readings, you know that, well, you know what? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you perceive things differently. For me and for some people, I have had this discussion. So, you know, when you hold a deck and start flipping through it without even looking at the art, just idly shuffling. That's what I always do first is I just shuffle the deck, shuffle it. And that automatically starts telling me kind of like the feel of the deck. It felt so comfy and cozy in my hand. It was just a great feeling in my hand. And then when I finally started looking at the art, I was knocked back. The art is perfect. And the way it is designed, it's all very abstract. The color palette is broad and gorgeous. As I was going through the deck and looking at the pictures, I realized I was definitely going to need to do a reading for myself. And I would definitely be using it to do readings for others. Um, so I wanted to give you some examples of some of the cards. Discern your truth. Release fear. You are a vessel of the divine. Those are perfect messages and messages that I think are relevant to everybody at some point in their life. So it's a fabulous deck. I definitely would vouch for it and I will put up some of the pictures of readings I did. Some of them are, I don't know, they might be personal to me. Um, they were great at telling a story. And once you start listening to um, Lottie's podcast, you'll understand like she comes back again and again to telling a story. And that is exactly right in how I do readings as well. And she clearly very organically created these cards and they tell a story. They hang together. No one card is in direct conflict with another card. And I talk about it and I will continue to, to say this, but we're talking about cards, very finite things, trying to capture the complexity of, of the infinite human experience. And her cards do that very well because they are not so very whittled down to a point that they will only address extremely specific concerns or solutions. But they are not so broad that you don't really get any information. And I am not going to yuck anyone's yum. That is not what we do here, this is not gatekeeping, but I have been wary in the past when I encounter anything used for divination that is either too broad or too specific. 
I don't know that I've actually encountered anything too specific. I, I can't really say that that's been the case, but too broad certainly is. And when I'm looking at cards that, well, this could really and truly apply to anything, I, I want it to be narrowed down at least a little bit more, if that makes sense. And that is the challenge with an Oracle deck. However, a lot of it is up to the, up to the reader. Like, what are you feeling and what are you seeing? And if you're interacting with a deck that feels too broad for you, it might not feel too broad to another reader. I'm sure it works for someone. These are 100% my aesthetic. I love them and I will have them with me when I am doing the readings at Terra Studios. Um, but if you are interested in investing in, first of all, a local artist, this is not some mass-produced like money grab by a company that is trying to ride the wave, the current wave of people opening up to the occult more. Um, this is an actual person who has been part of our community, who has been practicing, who is authentic in what she does and what she says. So you're going to be supporting an actual person. If you want to go to Etsy and check out her shop and maybe invest in her divine, I got the divine portal deck, but there are, um, she has another one, the sacred cocoon. You might notice a theme, the sacred cocoon. It's like me at Mag's Curious Emporium. If you keep the name the same across the board, people have an easy time finding you. So I'm very excited about the deck. It's very, very lovely. I will be doing additional readings. It will be one of my go-to when I post readings. I will probably utilize the deck and I'll be sure to call that out so that you can be aware, but I think you'll get a feel for the artwork fairly quickly. So while I was at the Four of Wand, one of the things I noticed were evil eye protection items everywhere, which was really funny after doing the DIY Portable Protection podcast, they had earrings and bracelets and rings and giant amulets, like giant amulets you could hang and more modest and smaller amulets that you could like hang on the wall. And I was like, wow, okay, well, synchronicities, you've heard me say that before. And I think it is probably because even if you're not going back to school, this is a time of year that has a very strong transitional feeling for most of us. And when transitions come, we feel the need to, you know, there's spring cleaning. I, I'm more of a fall cleaning person myself. And I think on some level, we all are. We start recognizing it's time to start adjusting, that things are going to be a little different in just the weather, the traffic, it changes. Um you know, if you if you do any gardening and farming, you're rotating things out. Your animals, if you have pets, are going to start having their winter coats come in soon. Transition is starting to happen. And when transition starts to happen, it can feel very um, uncomfortable sometimes because humans are really interesting. We require like organized chaos. We need change, but we need consistent and predictable change. I think that's why the seasons exist. So we get this change in our environment. 
but it's consistent. We can kind of know what to expect each year, ideally. Hopefully that will continue if we do not burn our planet up entirely. So yeah, the evil eye out, it, it, it definitely resonated with me. Okay. It really is time to sort of re-up any protections that you have laid out for yourself. Um, and tonight is the full moon. It's the sturgeon moon. So the sturgeon moon comes from some of the indigenous people, especially uh, living near waterways um, further up north from where I am. This is when the sturgeon were most easy to catch because this starts hit, to hit some of those migratory patterns and the point where fish will eat. If they are a hibernating type fish, they're going to consume, consume, consume so that they can then settle down and rest. Um, so they are easier to find and catch. So it's the sturgeon moon. Well, it's full moon tonight, so make the most of it. Have yourself a nice little ritual fire. I, I intend to treat myself to a nice like purification salt scrub and then do some witchy stuff, including ritual fire, so I can make some more black salt. And I will be utilizing that black salt just to create a nice sense of um, boundary and barrier around the home. And I will have it on hand to use for any spell work I intend to do. But yes, we're, we're hitting that peak point. And I'm, I struggle as we hit the point of like that intense increase in the moon phase. Um, that's when insomnia hits me really badly. And I just kind of lean into it at this point. And I'm like, well, okay, so this is the next three nights. I don't get to fall asleep until like three o'clock in the morning. Unless... I plan accordingly and take like some Tylenol PM or drink some tea. It depends like Tylenol PM or Advil PM, which by the way, shout out and thank you to the person I met at GlitchCon who told me that Advil PM existed. I did not know that. Thumbs up. I'm giving you a thumbs up that you cannot see. Thank you. Anyway, I'll take that if I'm having some, some like muscle aches. I have, I have joint problems. I've pretty much kind of always had them, but you know, they're not getting any better. They're not getting worse, but they're not getting better. Damage is done. So as the moon's on the increase, like literally I will start to retain water and my joints will swell and they will ache. And it's that low, like bad toothache, but in your joints. So that's when I might have to double or triple up on what I do. One thing that has been helping me a lot is, um, revisiting like certain grounding and meditation techniques and another shout out to Lottie. I get neglectful of some common sense things and I get forgetful of things that work really well. And I was like, oh yeah, I used to have great results when I did those meditations. I should start doing those again. And guess what? I've been having great results anyway. So I am not somebody who like really thrives as as the moon is on the increase, I thrive as the moon is on its decrease. And I think that speaks to a lot of like just my character and my personality. I do better with reduction. I do better when I am removing like as much as I love to create things. I feel like I love to create things so much because I crave the balance that creation gives me 
given that my intrinsic nature is the decrease, is the, you know, the fire that burns up the wood. That's just kind of how I work best. If I'm working out a problem, most of the time I'm looking at the situation and saying and thinking of it in that aspect of how do I decrease XYZ, not what can I add to fix the problem, but what can I take away to fix the problem? And I guess that's another reason I lean into a lot of my my crafting and hobbies because those are acts of creation and it's a good balancing for me and a good reminder that not all problems are fixed by what you take away. Anyway, full moon. So this is your ritual time. Throw all your stuff out and let it charge. I picked up more bracelets at the four of wands. I am at the point now where if I wore all of the bracelets I have, um, they would nearly go up to my elbow. And I am not sorry about that. I have no qualms about that because even if different stones had, they're just pretty, that's good enough for me. I've created mental associations with with my different bracelets, with my garnet bracelet and my onyx bracelet, my smoky quartz and my amethyst and my tiger's eye and my citrine. Like I have formed associations, whether it's because of the, the size of the beads or the color or just how I feel when I wear it. And that's good enough. Witchcraft, so much of it is headology, folks. So much of it is what you get going on up top. And if you can get those ideas in place and those concepts in place and have that intent set, it it's really all you need. Or maybe these different, you know, gemstones and so on can do something extra. And that's great too. It's whatever works for you. So I'm going to be throwing all my amazing bracelets out to charge, as well as some of my crystal that I've dug up. I'm not going to set all of the crystal out because there's more that I still need to like get to a point where I'm like, yeah, this is at, this is peak utilization point and then I'll charge it. But some I'm like, you're ready to be charged. And so I'm going to be charging those and those are going to be having their specific purpose. I am going to be making some like self-care products and charging those as well because I have some intended recipients in mind. And that also goes into another subject of looking at getting my LLC up and official and making sure that I have crossed my T's and dotted my I's so that I can be selling some of the things that I make um, legitimately. And not having to, not having to be worried right now. I kind of like more or less give stuff away for free. And I still, that is my preference. But if I can find a way to expand my reach and expand like the people who can get the things I have to offer, that's all the better. So I will be doing that. I'm going to be charging up all my decks. I'm going to be finishing up, I've made two, one, two, um, new bags to hold some of my cards. Uh, one of my goals is to have a, a bag, a little carrying bag for each deck of cards. I don't currently have that. And one of the reasons I want to have that is, I mean, it's an aesthetic thing, but I want to be able to then have like smaller, um, 
pouches of some cleansing herbs that I can toss in there. And that way the cards have a constant pick me up when they're being utilized out and about. One of the things I did when I was doing readings over those three days at GlitchCon, I had made a mix using um, some moon water, a dash of the liminal water. I have some eggshell um, and then rosemary oil, cedar oil, frankincense oil, and lavender and shaking it up really well. And then I would just put some drops on my hand, rub my hands together, and then shuffle the cards. And because I was in a space where I couldn't have a fire going, so I couldn't smoke and fumigate the cards. Um, and this was a different way to do it. But it worked really well because the cards never felt like they were carrying residual energy from a previous querent. I would shuffle it up and the next querent in line, it felt like a fresh reading that was not carrying any like residual um, like energy vibes. And that was perfect. But I do, <laughs> I do want to take time and, and give my cards the love and attention they deserve their tools. I get that. They are just tools, but I put some of myself into them. You know, the things we care about, it's that velveteen rabbit concept. You know, some things are real and some things become really real. I think the things that we put our energy into in terms of like even just physical contact or emotion become really real. You know, do you have a wedding ring on? And it probably feels a lot more important and a lot more special than most of your other jewelry. Um, if you have a pair of lucky socks, you know what I mean. If you have a lucky coin, if you've been to a business and they have like the first check that was ever written to them or the first, you know, dollar they ever made, it is like a talisman. It's like an amulet. And my cards are tools in that way that they have that energy. They have a meaning to me and I want to be able to do a little more right by them than I'm doing. Like, you know, I don't think they're people, but humans personify things. So I'm personifying them and that's fine. But that's another thing that I'll be doing um, during the full moon. I will be charging up some moon water because why not? Uh, ditto on salt. Oh my goodness. I have got to replenish my salt because I used it in all of the products I created um, for GlitchCon, any of the products that had salt in it, and that definitely uh, decreased my reservoir, so I've got to do that. I'm also going to be working on jars. I have mentioned in the past that I have tons and tons and tons of jars, and they're extremely useful. So useful that I never want to use them because they're so useful. Do you know what I mean? I bet some of you do, especially if you do any needlepoint or really any textile work. <laughs> it's the perfect piece of fabric, so you can never use it because you've got to use it for the perfect project. That will never happen. Well, I'm going to get real and start using some of the jars. So I got the materials to um, sandpaper some of the uh, print on the lids off and then spray them with a sealant. And then I'm going to use them. They will be good display jars as well. So when I go somewhere that I might be taking my herbs and then putting together like an on-the-spot um, herbal blend for somebody that the jars look nice, you know, and it's not super obviously a repurposed pickle jar. 
on a related note, if any of you need jars um, and you're near me, hit me up. It's I know I could take them to the recycling center and I am going to be taking some of these things to the recycling center because it's getting, I mean, just a little out of hand. But the, I also have plenty of jars that look really nice. Like they just need the lids, you know, redone if you don't want like Tostitos written across the lid. So yeah, I got jars in, if you're interested. Another thing I will be working on is getting serious about my divination journal. I am good about taking pictures or making little notes on my phone, but I don't have everything in one place. And while, I mean, I totally own up to the fact that I use like plain spiral notebooks for my book of shadow work, blah, blah, grimoire, whatever. <laughs> but divination and herb craft, those two things being such a big part of my craft and what I do, I should really get better about having dedicated um, notebooks. So that's another thing, probably divination, sigil work, herb craft. I do enough of certain things that I really should have them in one spot, like a dedicated notebook for each of those endeavors. Um, so that's another thing that I am going to be working on. And I also want to start outlining some of my favorite spreads. Because let me tell you something. I have so many people who ask me like how I learned to read tarot or where I came up with certain spreads. I make a lot of them up. Like I just kind of sit and think about, no, this feels right. And there we go. But Pinterest, y'all, like I'm not kidding. Get on Pinterest and look stuff up. That is the great thing about our world right now, we have the ability to share information. Read it. I mean, be critical. Don't don't just go for whatever. But if it looks good, you're like, oh, that seems like a great idea. Add that to your repertoire. Like, I need to expand mine because I tend to fall into a the same, like, seed, weed, and harvest. But it's, ah, it feels like it always fits. However, I am sure that there are other, like, styles of reading, other placements that could fit some situations even better. I need to open myself up to using those, and I will only be able to do that if I start practicing using them and if I take time every now and then to check out other styles, if that makes sense. Like, it's easy to get in a rut of reading, if you're reading for a lot of people, for example, like you're going to probably use the same spread over and over. And that actually, that's fine because you've got to cut yourself some slack. You've got to give yourself a break when you're in a situation where there is going to be a lot of different energies happening and you can't control for that. What you can control for is the degree to which the reading will extend, even by virtue of how many cards you pull. And it is okay to put some limiters on that for yourself and for your own sanity. Like, just like it is a good idea given certain situations to be um, very discerning about the deck you use when you give a reading. For example, I had my Dark Goddess Oracle deck but I, definitely, but I definitely did not give anybody a reading from it. 
I brought it because I wanted to go ahead and just have it with me. And I realized, nope, there is not a single person here who needs to hear anything from this deck. And that isn't to say that the deck doesn't give great advice. It does, but it don't play. It it gives very, I mean, punch in the gut advice, I guess is the way I would say it. And I was like, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Likewise, I had my magpie set, which I used to do some readings for myself. I didn't use it to do any readings for anyone else. And so it is okay to tailor expectations or even kind of have that conversation with your cards ahead of time. And it's kind of like, basically, you're just talking to yourself, but setting those boundaries of, okay, I'm going to be reading for a lot of people. So we're going to keep the spreads simple and we are not going to go too far into the weeds. Like we will give relevant information, but I'm not saying even that you need to censor yourself. I don't do that. And okay, that's wrong. I do censor myself. There are times when I absolutely censor myself in my reading um, for very specific reasons. But I very firmly believe that overall, you need to tell people what you see when you do a reading. You need to be honest because you are seeing it for a reason. But that isn't to say, like, remember, you're not a doctor. You're not a therapist. You are just somebody who stares at pictures and tells another person stuff. So, like, hubris, it'll get you. So, you know, stay in your lane, but don't lie about what you see and don't omit a significant detail. You know, if I do a reading for somebody and it's like, dump him, sis. Yeah, I'm going to be like, ooh, dump him, sis. Like, that is what this is saying. But if I do a reading and I see dump him, sis, and the him is standing right there, like clutching her hand and staring me down. Nah, not gonna, not gonna say. I'm gonna just be like, mm, looks like, it looks like you are needing change. Like you've just, you've got to discern the situation, but you can if you're smarter than me, because I did not do this, you can have that conversation ahead of time with sort of yourself and take a moment to establish that boundary around you and say, all right, whatever I see, like, I will be honest, but we are not getting too deep here. Like, show me some effective surface things, actions that this person can take. Do not drag me into their childhood trauma, please and thank you. Because that's the thing. And this is where if I have been coming out of the broom, here's a tangent. I've been coming out of the broom closet. I have posted on my public Facebook page about this stuff. Um, so if you are listening to this and you are somebody I went to like elementary school with, hey, what's up? I hope you weren't one of my bullies. Cool. Um, this is where it's like an awkward vulnerability thing, but I knew what I was doing when I put this out there for people who knew me growing up, like to find. So I'm not going to censor myself. <laughs> I'm not going to censor myself. Going to just say things. And if you're like, dang, that chick grew up crazy. I mean, yes, 
yes, in fact, I, I did. Thank you for noticing. But also, like, feel free just to disengage from this podcast. All right. Going back to what I was saying. When I do readings, I will sometimes get slammed, like a sensory slam of like taste and smell and and a kineticness, a kinetic feeling in my head. Um, and I don't know how to describe tasting like you don't like yourself, but it has a flavor sometimes. It's things come through however they come through. So there's what the cards say, and then there can be an extra blow of, oh, this thing happened to you when you were 12. And I have to weigh, like, how do I, how do I approach this? Do I risk sounding like a crazy person? Do I risk being wrong by making this statement? And I have reached the point where I land firmly on the side of you got to say what you see, because if you are wrong, then you've got your wires crossed and you need to learn how to correctly read that taste in your mouth or that smell or that particular like fingers in your brain sensation. You've got to learn to read it correctly. So you need to be told like, oh, that's not. No, actually, I never had anything happen to me while I was 12. I was in a coma. I have no idea what happened when I was 12. You know, whatever it may be. So I've reached the point where I put myself out there to make those statements. I haven't been told I was wrong yet. Um, and that's not like a humble brag. That's making a point of work your way up to it. Lean in. Know you're going to be vulnerable when you start seeing very definitive things. And I use the word see, I should say perceive. When you perceive very definitive things, I mean, just go ahead and say it. Because if you're wrong, they can tell you you're wrong. Um, but if you're right, because you honored that, first of all, you are more likely to be able to give them authentic advice based on what you're seeing because, you know, you're providing a service. You're providing spiritual guidance, essentially. Most people don't come and have a reading done because things are going super great in their life. I am. I'm weird like that, though. I will be like, hey, I, I treat it as like a checkup because I can read for myself, but it's not the same. So I will totally go and be like, yeah, I will pay you money to tell me about me because I need to know if I'm still being real with myself, if I'm still accurately perceiving the situation or if I need to adjust the lens a little bit. And there can be like, my life can be going pretty good when I do it, but that's not most people. So as a result, you need to be willing to be vulnerable with them. They're already putting themselves in an uncomfortable place, like coming to you. So kind of get vulnerable with them on this and get honest with them because the more honest both of you are, the more open that information channel is and you're going to be able to give better advice based on what you see, assuming that you are somebody invested in, you know, authentically helping people and you're not... I mean, it's not that you're a charlatan, but that you're not somebody looking to take advantage and be like, oh, well, here, buy this $30 crystal from me and it will fix all of your problems. If that's the case, first of all, why are you even bothering listening to this podcast? I have nothing to offer you. Um, and second of all, like if you do have a ritual fire tonight, please promptly hop into it and burn up. Thank you and goodbye. So 
those of you who may have known me back in the day, yeah, that's a thing I do. And when I was a kid, I was probably reading you back then. Sorry, maybe. I didn't know I was, but I was. That's fun. But some of you also knew I was really weird and kind of like religious, but also really into occult stuff. And that that was very authentic. And like, here I am. So clearly there was a the path that was being chosen for me and the path that was natural to me. And they were at war with one another. And once I was free from living my life as other people wished me to live it, I very clearly fell into the, the witchy stuff and the occult line. So here we are. And to the rest of you, if you're listening to this, ha ha ha, and you're going to come see me, um, I feel like I've made it sound kind of scary. Like if you've never had a reading done, like it's fine. Like come, come get a reading. It's okay. You know, just be upfront and be honest and don't ask anything crazy would be my preference, but you know, crazy subjective anyway, but it's really fun. It's a great way to check in with yourself because we are in our own heads. We are living our own lives. We are not good at stepping outside of ourselves and ensuring that our view and our perspective is the same view and perspective we would have if we were outside of ourselves. And that's why I like going and having somebody read my cards for me every now and then just to be like, okay, well, you know, here's an here's an area that you need to develop. Here is something that you've been neglecting or you know, you are really strong in this area and you're not utilizing it. Utilize this strength or like, you know, hey, warning, this is upcoming. This is an issue that is coming like a freight train. So just be ready for it. And I really like getting those checkups. They're reassuring. I don't, I don't try to ask things about like, you know, definitive what is in my future. And, you know, I'm talking about all of this and truth be told, um, Lottie's podcast dropped Tuesday. So listen to that episode because it gets into some of this. And uh, I promise one day there will be an actual episode where I don't gush about her. But, um, I love listening to her stuff because so often she'll, she'll do like the question answer portion and she'll say, say a question. And in my head, I'm answering it. And she says what I'm thinking. I'm like, yes, we are so aligned and on the same page. And that's an awesome feeling. That's why I go to her to get my cards read. Yeah. Mad Mag. I go and see Lottie of the sacred cocoon for my card readings. Cause I trust her. So I wonder how long this episode is. That's a great thing for listeners to get to hear me idly say. And I know this is a bit of a rambly one. Um, I mostly wanted to touch on the housekeeping issues up front. So reminding again for anybody who is still listening, there's a poll available on my Facebook page. Please go and vote about your preferred episode link. You can leave me details in the comment section. That would be great. Um, like me, subscribe to me, all of those things, because that is what helps get this out in front of more people. It's what gets more eyes on it. It helps continue this witchy wave that is um, taking hold, people becoming more open to more unconventional. Well, here's the funny thing. They're not really unconventional ideas. Um, They're just forgotten concepts, I would say. Be sure to order your tickets now for the Terra Studios 
Fall Music and Arts Festival. The pre-sale tickets, they're available for $10. Or you can buy them day of at the gate for $15. And then come see me. Give me a donation. I'll do a reading for you. That way, you and I are working together to help Terra Studios and their mission to use art to create a better world. And I think we're going to wrap up. I can't wait to uh, have a discussion with you guys later on about how you're any of your full moon activities went, I'll be sure to give you an update on mine. And there will be some tarot readings coming in the future. And so everyone, remember, find your balance, be your best self, and take no shit. <laughs>